Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited because I have such an awesome guest on the show today. She is a therapist and a coach and get this, she helps women move on after quote unquote, shitty relationships. And I normally don't swear, but that is her tagline. And it's so catchy and so real and so authentic that I just love it. You are going to love hearing from our guest today. Her name is Anne DiPianco. And I'm just so thankful for you being here. Anne, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a therapist. I'm in Southern California, and I've spent years working in domestic violence agencies. I currently have a private practice uh, where I uh, do therapy, trauma therapy with with women who've been in really crappy relationships and men, um, as well as, you know, as we know, there is a strong overlap between addiction and abuse. And so I'm really excited because I think what you're doing and the, and the people that you're reaching out to are such a wonderful group of people, such a giving group of people who've been hurt. And um, I'm very excited about, about being here and getting to talk. Oh, I'm so thankful. And you hit the nail on the head. Yes. Um, with a drug addiction or alcohol addiction there, it, it, generally there is a lot of abuse and, and let's face it. There's sometimes there's even situations that you find yourself in that you would not normally put up with, but because, you know, you excuse out the behavior or, you know, you love this person tremendously and that you're hoping things will get better or the person that they used to be will come back because oftentimes they weren't necessarily that person in the beginning beginning. We would never marry that. We would never date that, let alone, you know. And so I often used to say, like, if I were a fly on the wall, like looking in on this relationship, it'd be like, Andrea, red flag, red flag, get out, get out. So Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for you um, bringing this up. And um, let's, let's delve into that a little bit. Like what, like, why is that, that people stay in relationships that are abusive? Oh my goodness. Like how long do we have? Right. I I mean, (laughs) I know. I think the first thing is of course, and I, and I know you would agree with me on this. When people stay, we don't judge, right? We know that every person makes the right decision for themselves. They can't leave before it's the right time. And some people have to stay for, for really legitimate reasons, whether it's children, custody is often like held over, the heads, you know, of if you leave, then I'm going to take the kid. And, you know, most moms are going to be like, well, then I won't leave um, until she has the right legal support, which is expensive. Um, finances are a big reason people stay. And the guilt, right? The guilt and the, there are so many cases where 
the, the community, the outside family members would look in, they'd never know this stuff was going on. And so if she leaves him or, you know, he leaves her, I don't, I use heteronormative language with, yeah, but, um, pardon that. Um, so if she, if she were to leave him, then there'd be so much judgment and lack of support. And she's the bad guy because who would leave somebody who's going through such a rough time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's just a matter of, we have, we have to choose ourselves before, before the other. And that can sometimes come with social shaming and social shaming is really powerful. Oh my gosh, you raised so many amazing insights there. And I really love the fact that you you bring up this idea of non-judgment, right? Because, and I always say, like, I've had people ask me, like, how do you know? How did you know you had to, like, when it was time to leave, when it was too much? Like, and you hear the discussion in the support groups and everything. And, um, and, and I love that you bring that up because you, when you choose to leave is the right time, right? It's like, there's yeah. no, there's no judgment around it. And, and yeah. Like this shame that could come with it, or for me, that more the worry, like, you know, how do you leave someone that's so low right now and in such a bad place? It's like, well, in my case, like mine just disappeared. So mine was kind of easier. He he made the decision for me. Um, but it was so hard. Like it was so hard, and I put up with so much, and I probably would have stayed in that a heck of a lot longer because I completely loved this man and um, I probably would have put up with a lot more abuse unfortunately and so yeah so I love that you bring that up and and choosing your own time when it's time for you and to be fair to you at some point you had to make the decision to stop looking Mm -hmm. right like that's that's a decision too and because your heart still people's hearts still feel drawn toward that person for a very long time And I think that's another reason why people stay, right? Um, And then just recognizing, like having watched so many people go through this, it's kind of like a switch flips where it's like, this person holds so much power over me. And then one day they don't. And it's really weird. And you can't force it. And I think that's the thing. Like if you're still in it where they still hold so much power over you, just know that that day is coming where they won't. Mm, my God, you will be repulsed. Okay, yeah. so like a flip switch, and you're so right. And thank you for humanizing that and and giving me permission to be human through that process. Um, and I and it's so true. Like he held the power, held the power, held the power, and then finally I'm like, you know what? I need to just let this go. I need to let this go and take back my power. I need to scrape off the black spray paint in all the windows in the garage that he spray painted and let the light shine yeah. in. Right. Oh, the metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. It was a metaphor. And I literally was like, I'm letting the light shine back in my life. <laughs> um, but I like that idea in that in flipping the switch, but we can't control that. It just, they hold the power. So let's talk about that. Like, why is it that they hold so much power and, and we lose ourselves through the process? Oh, that's a great question. Well, one is, well, gosh, so many thoughts I need to, uh, organize them right because I think of you know kind of like the profile I mean anybody can end up in a relationship with an addict anybody can end up in a relationship with an abuser um Mm -hmm. but oftentimes the people who get roped in are people who are very generous kind loving people and they have their strengths used against them 
I, I bet you there's so many listeners like going like this, head, shaking their head up and down going, yes. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I can't even remember what the, what was the question? Yeah. Like how we end up in that situation. Right. I think was right. where we were going. Right. Right. And so it might, yeah, I think it's most of the time people enter a relationship assuming the best in the other person. Right. Mm-hmm. And like having positive regard and maybe having a narrative in their, their head about like, we stay with each other through thick and thin and putting their all into the relationship. And I think before, before most people break up, they want to know that they did everything they could to make it work. I, and that resonates with me a lot too. And I bet a lot of the listeners as well as like that idea of, you know, you know, what, what, what are the vows? I can't even remember like through sickness and in health, right. And through thick and thin, it's like, and that is, I actually, because it, uh, in my case, it was a hidden drug addiction. So I, I talked to myself after and I journaled and I, you know, worked through everything. And I'm like, I showed up like any loving person would show up. I was rubbing Vicks on his chest for his chronic quote, sinus infection. And yeah, you know, like I showed up like a loving person. I picked up the slack when he, you know, he couldn't pay for his truck anymore because he wasn't going to work because he was staying up all night because I thought I was dealing with a mental health, maybe depression and his moods were up and down. And I was like tiptoeing on eggshells, making him dinners. Like you're not eating healthy, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. And I realized that I showed up as any loving person would show up. And, um, and then when I knew what I was dealing with, that was just, you know, a different thing. So I love that you bring that up. And the idea of sometimes we think that we need to stick there through thick and thin. So true. And it helps too, I think, to put words to it, right? Because like you said, before I knew what it was, um, and then we look back and and I want to normalize too. A lot of people look back during that time period and and they think I was naive. It's like, you weren't naive. You just didn't know right? Like you were just operating through life as you, as you always had, and you learned something. Oh, I love your loving nature. And your and, and that's just it. That's exactly it. It's like, I, I said, Oh my God, how could I be so stupid? Like sometimes I would catch myself saying that it's like, no, Andrea, like, no. And, <laughs> and he like, you know, people who are addicted are incredibly good at keeping their addiction going, right? Like, you didn't have a chance. He, he was probably very, very convincing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's, let's shift our energy a little bit in that. I love your whole branding and, and your whole programming and everything that you offer this world, like resilient rebound. And I'm all about resilience and positive psychology, as you know, um, I, I'm so excited to like shift our focus into that. So how does a person go from being in maybe abusive relationship or a relationship that they know it's not, you know, there's a lot of warning signs. It's just not feeling healthy, not feeling good. So I guess my question is, is how does someone move from a place where they feel their, their power is being held by someone else and how can they then take back their own power? I love that question. And I wish it were a very straightforward, easy answer. And if it was, I feel like all of your listeners wouldn't even need to be listening, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I guess I look at it as a process and knowing that no process is linear, 
and you know there are bumps and valleys and and um, peaks and and strong moments and I think through it all it's refocusing on yourself as opposed to the other and uh, that's I think it, it will always come down to that and if you you've been trained to focus, like put all your energy, attention, your dreams, they are all focused on that other person, even doing the smallest things to go back to yourself. And the other thing that I really think is incredibly powerful is finding other people in the same situation, because Mm -hmm. it's such an isolating experience to be in a relationship like that. Uh, You feel like you can't reach out to anybody, or if you do, you get comments like, was it that bad? Or like, what, what did you do to make it, you know, that are very blaming and shaming. And so reaching out to other people who have been in that experience, like you mentioned, support groups, just, I think are very uh, helpful and powerful. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Even to, to, to bring the awareness that this, you know, you're not alone in this and that it's like, it's not like... it it really normalizes. I hate to use the word normalize, but it makes you feel like, okay, it makes sense that I'm like hurt. It makes sense that I'm angry. It makes sense that, you know, it helps you process everything that you're going through and uh, to make you feel like you're not alone. I love that. And also like warning signs, like um, sometimes we're not even aware that we're being treated in a manner that's not really acceptable until you start connecting and talking to other people. It's like, uh, no girlfriend, like that's not good. Like staying in the garage until like five in the morning, like what, like, what are you doing (laughs) all that time? So I do love that you, you bring that up too. And, and the peaks and valleys, you're so right. Like it's like, there's ups and downs and um, and then as you move, um, take back your power. So focusing, taking, it's like a switch. I love the way you said that um, you realize that they hold the power until they don't. So I'm really curious, like maybe maybe talking a bit about some of these warning signs or possi- possible um, indications that like it's time to shift the focus back yeah. onto you. Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I do a group and in one of the groups we talk about red flags and I've kind of identified, right? Like there's red flags in their behavior. There's red flags within us. And then there's red flags within the dynamics. Beautiful. Right. And so I look at the red flags within us as a lot of confusion and a lot of, uh, kind of anger and rage. (laughs) And, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Other red flags. I love, I, first of all, I have to say, I love this idea of even taking back your powers, focusing on what the red flags are in yourself. Like, I love that you brought that up because I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, bawling and so angry and shaking in my fist, like pumping, because I'm like, if I have to watch him drive reverse out of the driveway, again, loaded in his pickup truck, like, like, you know, like so many things going through my mind. It's like, like, where are you going? It's like, I remember like the red flag in me was this is not healthy. Like my heart is beating out of my chest. I'm so upset. I'm like, like I have so much anger and rage and this is not Andrea. Like, you know, and although those emotions are human, they're keeping me safe. It's like, why am I feeling this? Because this is not right. So I, I love that you bring up that idea of red flags within yourself. I think that's so, uh, such a wonderful insight. Yeah. Thanks. I, yeah. I look at it too, just like feeling normal. Like when you're just feeling normal, it's not even like a happy or a, you know, 
excited. It's just like, oh, here I am. (laughs) And if you don't have that, I think it's a complete disconnection from yourself when you're so, when you are in those moments, right? Like that isn't you. You are such a positive, happy person who, who would never be pounding her fists and crying and having all of this focus. And I think that's really beautiful. I mean, we can all find ourselves in situations that we never thought we'd be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and yeah, to not beat yourself up about it. Yes. 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 Yeah. But just notice the red flag. This isn't right. What are the things that help me feel back to normal? When do I feel the most normal in my life right now? And then do more of that. Oh, can you say that again? So when is, when is it that I feel the most normal in my life right now? And then do more of that. That is such a simple little thing that anybody can do right now. Is just thinking back what makes me feel normal in my life right now. And then, and then just keep doing more of that. Like that is so like simple, but brilliant because I know when I was in the muck of everything that probably would have helped a lot. And I think it will help a lot of the listeners too. Um, and also I take it one step further too. Like what makes you feel joy? It's like restoring some of that joy in your life. Like, is it walking with a friend? Is it going for a hike in nature? Is it taking your dog for a walk and having some more joyful emotions? Because sometimes we just go down that spiral of those emotions, like negative emotions that are uncomfortable. Not that we want to bury them under the carpet, but at the same time, it's like honoring that we have control over sometimes enhancing some of those positive emotions. Absolutely. And making space for them to live. How do we make space for them to live? I think it's just, you just do them. Do you know Brene Brown? She's a social work researcher, right? So she talks about when you try to numb the hard feelings, you also numb the happy feelings. And so if you are experiencing negative emotions, right? Like you have the capacity for positive emotions too. So beautiful. And giving yourself space. Yeah, yeah, giving yourself space. And I always say too, and it's like in one of the chapters in my book too, it's, it's, it's okay not to be okay. And uh, it's all about honoring those emotions that are challenging because they're communicating, right? And just like yes. they're with yes. us sitting in your wet diaper, so to speak. And then, but then also knowing that there, there comes a time too, where you want to also, you know, make those positive emotions more sticky and take back your power. And, and remember, even those times, I love the way you put it going into those where you feel quote unquote, more normal and you feel, and then take it another step. Like when do you feel actually good and joyful and, and doing and spending more time there making space for it. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. So what, yeah, I think too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say one of one of my favorite concepts in psychology is neurons that fire together wire together, right? Yeah. And so if we spend all of our time in negative spaces, that's where our automatic thoughts are gonna go, and we have to sometimes like really make an effort to have positivity because and and help that become more automatic. 
Oh, it's so true. And I often say um, it's like a pathway, right? And I use the example of my grandpa. He used to always walk down this pathway to his farm and it got patted down. And it's like, it's almost like the more he walked on it, the easier it was to go down that pathway. And so that's like our neurons, right? The neurons that fire together, wire together. So it's easier for him to go down that path. If we're in those that we constantly go down, like, you know, that path, it's then, then creating a new path. It's like enhancing them and making them more and more like easier and easier to go down. I love that analogy that you brought up. So good. Yeah. So how would we do that? How do we start um, changing our pathways, our mental pathways and create more wiring and firing together in different ways? Yeah, no, I think it does just simply come down to calling attention to the small things that are going right. Um, So I know, you know, for people who've been in abusive relationships or, um, one of the one of the biggest red flags within themselves is, is confusion. There's a lot of self doubt. Um, there's a lot of gaslighting that has gone on, right? Oh, yeah. um, and lying, and then therefore, um, there's a lot of confusion. And I don't know if I can trust myself. I don't know if I can trust other people. So I always think about like going to the grocery store. And how many choices do we have when we go to the grocery store? There's a thousand different cheeses. Like, what kind of milk are you gonna buy? And just recognizing the confidence that you have when you put the things in your basket, you know, just helping just the small things you don't have to, you know, I'm a mom. Um, I don't have a lot of time. I think most people don't have a lot of time to, to spend. And so we can incorporate these things into our life as we go, then um, we are helping our brain also in the process. I love it. So it's almost like even... I love that you bring it down to the small little things that we can do because that on a daily basis, that's what's going to help us in so many ways. And I love that you even gave the example of like when we go to the grocery store, that can be an opportunity to um, build your confidence and and see evidence of your confidence and making decisions and good decisions and and just looking for constant little evidences almost. If that's a word. Yes, of, yes because you know, they're there. They're there. If you make good decisions all the time, you just have to remember that you're doing it. Because oftentimes we may not feel like we've like, and I always say that this is why when I started dating too, after um, the end of that relationship with the drug addict, um, it was hard for me to trust that I would choose a good guy to go out on a date with in a date, right? Because I've been divorces. So I love that you bring that up. And I also... I like how you bring it down to the small things and noticing what's going right. And oftentimes we're focused on what's going wrong and we go down that pathway and we're, we're focused on that, like everything that's going wrong because it's, it's stickier, right? It's like, so in shifting in order to create pathways in order to enhance those neurological pathways and wiring those brains so that they can neurons of wire together, fire together um, easier. So if we create a new pathway, of noticing what's going right, noticing those simple evidences of, you know, that you make good choices to build your confidence that, you know, and also I think even taking it one step further is gratitude and appreciation of all the good things around you, looking for evidence of what's good. Um, So powerful. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. So, so the listeners, you know, some people might be in the muck of it. They might be uh, you know, they've maybe left the, the person that they've been with or qualifier, um, wherever they are in this, like what, 
what's one or two, you know, nuggets of wisdom would you like to share with them? Um, I think it all comes back to your relationship with yourself, finding support from supportive people and loving yourself, coming back to yourself. And if you're not able to love yourself, that's okay. But can you tolerate yourself? Can you spend time with yourself until you do and have the hope? Like I have hope for you that you, you will rebuild that relationship with yourself and in the process until then get help you know, reach out to people who will be supportive, not judgmental. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yes. And the past two years for me has been all about building that relationship. And, and I like to think like I have resiliency skills and training and, <laughs> and it, it, this has been the hardest right. thing to go through. So I love that suggestion. So I know the listeners are probably thinking, okay, so we're going to, we want to reach out to other people and, and connect and connect to with, even if, you know, you don't want to necessarily talk to your mother about it or your sister or your friend. Um, there are so many support groups out there. There's so many, I mean, we have saving you is killing me, loving someone with an addiction support group on Facebook and it's private, of course. And um, there's so many resources out there and to reach out, reach out, reach out and connect other people um, so that you don't feel alone. I love that. But also loving yourself. So can we talk about that a little bit? Because the whole concept of loving yourself is more than just, you know, putting on your nail polish and doing your makeup. Oh my right? goodness. Let's, yeah. Let's get, let's get nitty gritty there because I, you have so many wonderful nuggets in terms of like the small stuff that actually is effective and that can help the listeners and myself would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at coping skills and self-care as kind of two different things, right? So when I think of coping skills, I think of what am I doing in the moment to manage the difficult feelings? Oh, I love right. it. So it could be deep breathing. I honestly don't know how well deep breathing works. I think most of the time people need to move their bodies. They need to express themselves in some way. Um, because when we're just deep breathing, I think that there can like deep breathing plus stretching, I guess. Right. Um, cause we don't want to internalize things. Uh, and then with self care, I look at it as like a lifestyle approach. Um, and there's different areas of our life that require care. And so it might be spiritual, personal growth, support system. It might be, you know, a romantic side of us. It doesn't mean we have to date, but you can still, you know, feel sexy and feel good um, as a person. And um, yeah, just the different making space, making time for each and intent being intentional about each area that there that there is I love that okay so first of all I'm so thrilled with the fact that you're talking about two different things here in terms of coping being more of what we're doing to manage the crisis in the moment so coping being like okay this is not okay I'm not thriving I'm not doing well right now so mm -hmm. what can I do to like manage the stress response so you know things to calm your nervous system and also for right. me like E emotion, energy, emotion. It's all about getting that emotion out. So movement. I love that you bring that piece to it. You're so brilliant. And insight on that is like, um, so yeah, breathing, but combining breathing with moving and emoting with something. Yeah. Or grounding, looking around your space, feeling your hair and just noticing the texture, feeling the chair you're on or your earrings, looking around, what are the different colors you see really bringing the present moment and recognizing that right now, you are okay. 
right now you are safe. I love it. I am okay. I am safe affirmations. Like right now, yeah, making yourself safe and feeling safe. And I love that you bring the mindfulness piece into it about the present moment thinking and how you connect to all your senses. Like, you know, what am I? And I used to say that, like, what am I seeing? What am I feeling? What am I, you know, what sensations do I have here? Can you feel the chair against your butt or, you know, you know, the wind in your hair? And I, I just love those suggestions such great insight. So that's the coping strategy. So coping being um, more about dealing with the crisis, the trauma, the struggle, the challenge, and then the self-care piece being more like a lifestyle you're saying. And, and so true, like eat, feeding yourself, nourishing healthy food and getting good sleep and taking care of yourself on many levels, spiritual side too, of like, you know, grounding and connecting. I love yoga for that reason. And realizing that there's more to life than, you know, what's just around us that, you know, we have, we have value that we can bring to this world and we can make a difference, right? Even if we're joining the support group and we're offering comments to other people, helping them. Oh my God, it's so powerful. So powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. And personal growth too, learning new things. And, and, and I, I love all the suggestions that you made. So that is so great. I love that you differentiated that because self-care, like, you know, is is a different piece to it, but there's a coping piece as well because some people might be really in the muck, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. So, okay. I know everyone's going to want to get a hold of you. They're want to, they're going to want to connect with so. you. Um, so definitely where, what are you up to these days? Where can they find you? And of course we'll put everything in the show notes, but I would love to hear yeah. about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I just came out uh, yesterday. I launched a new free uh, mini kind of e-course for people, and it's called Was It Abuse? And it just kind of helps define what is the difference between a toxic relationship, a relationship I know it wasn't healthy for me, and what is abuse? And because that is a heavy word, I think most people don't want to put the label on what they experienced as because then they see themselves differently. Um, but you know, my hope with resilient rebound is to take away the shame of having been in that experience and really to, to be able to understand what you went through so that you can know you're not crazy. You're not weird. You're a very normal person who is in a very difficult circumstance. Um, so that covers also like a lot of gaslighting and emotional abuse and just helping define those experiences. Uh, and then I do, I, uh, run a group for an educational and supportive group for people who've been in abusive relationships. And the next one will be starting in September. So if people are interested in that, um, covering a lot about kind of red flags, um, uh, abuse patterns, and just sharing with others, hearing from others, then, then there's that as well. And I'm at Resilient Rebound on Instagram. And my website is resilientrebound.com. Amazing. Oh my gosh. And thank you so much. And that piece that you just brought up to about uh, that we're not crazy, you know, like, like we're, you know, we're not bad people. We're not unworthy. We're not, not dumb. Like, Oh, all the thoughts that we have that circumstance. So thank you so much for that humanizing that and sharing and all your knowledge and insight is so valuable. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. Really great. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com. 
where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.